Shane watch a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Today, we are deviating from our mission, and we are going into the realm of television. And continuing our saga with blade the vampire hunter as we watch on spike tv i'm james fight the host with no rhythm and our chief archivist is uh, kenny madison chief archivist of flatfilms.com we put out a podcast each week but i think this week we'll be putting out two podcasts uh aaron are you done my bad i was just putting on a little bio freeze my neck hurts <laughs> Don't shame Aaron for taking care of his He body. is dirtying the track. Yeah. Aaron, uh, this is Aaron Salinas, editor, nice guy, uh, trying to self-proclaim self-care king. Um, yeah, just, just excited to be here, y'all. And our uh, social media wizard. It's Olivia Slap and Swatas, also known as the lioness of this pod. And I am the host of Shame Watch TV, which you can find exclusively on Patreon for as low as $2 a month. Question, if we're talking about a TV series, wouldn't you consider this then like a Shame Watch TV exclusive? Yes. <laughs> well, Olivia, you're not hosting. Let's Go. provide, let's get some context first, Kenny. Oh, we're going, oh, <clears throat> we're going right into it. This uh, is good. I'm just kidding. Olivia's a better host hey, than me. Uh, that's negative self-talk. That's 30 mm. bucks. I was just uh, James. What are the point. rules? There's four. What are the rules? What are the three let rules, baby? Let me pull them up. How's that? Hold on. How's that negative self-talk? Because I didn't say I was bad. I just said Olivia's better, which doesn't indicate that I'm. I did bad by him, means. so maybe it just means I, that someone's better. I also than me. take blame for that. Even though I think James is a wonderful host. I think it. Look, the fact. Because this would be this would be example of bad talk, and this won't count towards thirty dollars. What? I, okay. Does everyone agree with I'm this granted. example that I'm about to do? That I won't uh -oh. cost money. Here we go. Can I do yeah. an example? Agree. Agree. Aaron. Okay. If I went, wow, I'm such a shitty host. Thirty dollars. I'm worthless. That's wow. James. Why you would you say something like that? No. Like no. Like $30 no. Every single episode. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, admitting someone is better than you doesn't automatically mean it's negative. Because I think it's healthy to see when people are have better strengths than other people. I appreciate, totally I understood fine. where you were coming from, and yeah, I appreciate case. being uplifted like that. But I also should say that you are a wonderful host. Yeah. I agree. I think it. Oh, I think it passes. But I think we should still do a rundown of the the, the rules. It's There's been a while. There's four of them. Remember, we we always forget the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. The, the, the fourth the one's four important. Rules. We do. Uh, the first. Yeah. The, the fourth one's very important. The first one is no dunking, except for donuts and basketballs. Those are the only things you can dunk. Uh, Kenny, without donating the $30, can you give us an example of dunking? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's whenever someone might just pile on the insults to something. Like, for example, uh, um, uh, uh, oh, 
Uh, like people might say, Batman Forever is a sucky movie, and then we all just join in uh, and just right. insult Batman Forever for like three or four or five minutes. Uh, that would be some, something like Cinema Sins, mm. where they're just doing nothing but insulting the thing. That's that's dunking. Uh, also, Batman yep. Forever. For the record, I watched it because I needed to feel happy, and uh, it's so delightful. It's so wonderful. It's, it's fun. I love it so much. And that brings me to uh, number two. No ironic liking. Uh, Olivia, can you give an example of that without donating the $30? Okay, cool. So there, I've actually broken this rule in an episode that will be released at some point. <laughs> it's basically when you claim to like something, as, but you, you say it as a disclaimer when in reality you didn't really enjoy it. So it's just kind of like an excuse you make to save face. And so in this future episode, which y'all will get to hear, hopefully maybe next month, we'll see. I, so. <laughs> I actually break this rule. So like, <laughs> nah. Have we not released that episode no. yet? No. No, we have not, but we okay. plan to in, in the coming weeks. Something like so. Birdemic or The Room. I don't know what we have and haven't released. Yeah, the the phrase where it's like it's so bad it's good. No, nah, we just I like used. things. I... It it was it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got gotcha. you. Uh, and then rule number three is no self deprecation, which I already gave an example of uh, before giving the rules. So just uh, wind it back two minutes. What's uh, and the fourth and final one is don't do meth. Uh, Aaron, without donating thirty dollars, can you give us an example of the fourth rule? <laughs> I couldn't do that with a straight face. I follow the fourth rule to a T. I don't know where thing. to get meth. Seven Eleven. I also well, I, I take that back. James, I do you know get, where to get I, meth, James? In Ohio, I could uh. probably ask a people <laughs> because uh, in Bowling Green, Ohio, meth is becoming more of a thing. You know, it is. is it is an emerging wow. public health crisis. Uh, if you don't consider. I mean, right now we've got two other uh, situations going on. We've got coronavirus and obviously Mm. racism. But uh, yes, drug overdoses also on the rise uh, during. Wow, really? I I knew domestic violence was on the rise. I didn't realize that drug overdoses were as well. Wow. Yes. Um, I don't have the I don't have the article that I read recently, but take my word for it because I work in uh, healthcare PR and I clip health headlines oh. every day <laughs> oh my that's that's a note for that's the listeners by the way i knew don't, that y'all so don't that. do meth i knew most don't of do that. Meth. yeah also like and if, you, if you love your teeth and you love uh just showing off that smile for your thirst traps you don't want to do meth true it'll make your teeth fall out or turn blue or both yeah that's um you know every time i go to the dentist they compliment on my teeth they say james you have really good teeth and I go, I don't do meth. And then we all laugh in, uh, in jubilance. I cracked my tooth on a tortilla okay. chip. I did not get any accolades. <laughs> How? I, oh, yeah, I don't know if you remember. A, a while back, I had a root canal. And the reason was because I had made tortilla soup. So I was like, cool, I'll make some like homemade tortilla strips. And I did. And they were fire. They were great. And on one of them... Rather than laying flat, the tortilla, like, went horizontal and, like, chipped my tooth in half, like, all the way up. So, like, half of my tooth was missing. I was like, eh, I feel okay. So, I let it go for, like, six or seven months. Um, 
And I, I didn't realize Aaron. it was a bad thing. And then I was eating Cheeto Puffs. And you know how Cheeto Puffs get gummy in your teeth? Um, well, I was trying to clean my teeth yes. with it. Because oh, no. I take pretty good care of my teeth as it is. But I just I didn't think oh. it was a big deal. And so when I like oh. try to pull the Cheeto Puffs out of like off my teeth, it felt like I pulled oh. my tooth. No. Oh, my but God. But I did it. Oh, I did it. Oh, it. But oh, I had so it. It was God. just like... My tooth was sensitive from everything. So when I went to the uh, the dentist, they were like, cool, this whole procedure is going to be about four or $5,000. And I was like, can we do this in installments? <laughs> oh, sh- I, yeah. yeah so I, remember you saying I had that. to Holy get shit, my root dude. canal. He did half of my root canal. And when they do half of a root canal, it's basically done, except they just stuff it with cotton pads and then put like a little cap on it. And then in two weeks, when I got paid again, because, you know, we don't have universal health care, um, I went in and they finished off the root canal. And I was like, cool. So then I called my dentist and they're like, hey, I need a f- I need my filling. And they're like, oh, OK, yeah, that'll be another uh, 1500. And I was like, I can't win. <laughs> so I was like, can I do that in oh installments? God, and they were like, man. no, but you can do a payment plan. And I was like, I guess that's what I'll have. That's it. That's installed. Yeah, I thought they were going to have me do like with the root canal where I got half of the filling. But no, they let me do it in, in a payment plan. But yeah, so um, it, it, I'll admit tooth pain and feet pain are something totally different on the pain spectrum. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your teeth like yeah. those nerves like, like I, right underneath I can't I like I, I've been hit with a baseball I've, you know, I've had brain surgery, but nothing quite hurts like tooth pain. <laughs> How do we get here? That means something. That's why you shouldn't. And that's do meth. why you exactly. shouldn't do meth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, bring it back. Again, the episode Play we're the talking TV about series. is uh, about Blade. TV. Blade the TV show. The first two episodes of the pilot. Uh, Kenny, hit us with that Certainly. context. Uh, so before I actually add the context, I like to add a little bit of context to the context because we are. In the middle of Snipuli, as you all might know, mm-hmm. as our listeners mm-hmm. might know. That's true. And we yeah. have indeed finished the Blade trilogy, uh, but the yep. Blade Trinity is not the end of the series. No. There is a canonical TV series. Uh, what I understand is the first scripted television show from that network for men, Spike TV. Gross. Uh, formerly. Formerly the Nashville Network. Uh, they had the Man Show. Remember the Man Show? Where everyone talks like this? Next up, the Man Show. That was a thing? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was gross. Jimmy Kimmel Technically, Man Show was a Comedy Central show, and then they reran it a bunch on Spike TV. Because, again, I don't know uh, if you know this. Spike TV, Network for Men. Is, finally. Us men, we finally got one. Us is, white is Spike men. TV... Uh, did MXC was that a Spike TV like thing or was it through Comedy Central as well? It was indeed. MXC was a Spike it, TV. Oh show. man, that was Spike TV and A Thousand Ways to Die. Uh those MXC, A Thousand Ways to Die, those are the first thing I think of when I think of Spike. Do you do you remember Deadliest Warrior? Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, Olivia. Yeah, any of this ringing a cool. bell? I because I know again, Spike TV was a network for men. 
I, I remember like the channel. So it wasn't <laughs> like I wasn't aware of what the channel was, but I also grew up in a kind of a sheltered household. Sure. So I probably was not allowed to watch any of uh, the programs that were on that channel. And I think even when I was old enough, none of them appealed to me. Wasn't shocker. You know, I don't think women was their target demographic. You know what I mean? They did have pros versus Joes, which was a very cool thing to watch. Just like internet trolls get like demolished by professional athletes. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was. And, and my favorite show from spike TV, which I will still fight tooth and nail has the best, uh, opening theme like sequence is Blue Mountain State. It's a very douchey show, but the opening sequence of the TV shows like encapsulates the show so well, and it's like exactly what an opening. Theme I mean, agree to disagree. Sequest DSV still has the best <laughs> opening credit sequence, hands down. Uh, feel free to Google that. Uh, I'll just drop it in here real quick in case everyone Please wants to. I think it. American I, Idol, the original, also has a really great opening sequence. I think the first thing Johnny, jo- John Smith, for the listeners at home, former and future guest, yeah. um, the first thing. And who I live with. Yeah, uh, James's roommate. Um, I think the first thing Johnny and I bonded over was Bar Rescue, which is another Spike TV channel like we just talked about bar rescue and send each other different like quotes and clips so yeah spike tv's got like a strange notch in my heart i don't know why oh i know why it's because it's finally a network for men it's about kenny i'm in a kimono right now do i really fit their demographic yes absolutely (laughs) it's all about silk robes and kimonos uh so anyways all right uh spike tv uh created or rather I, I, i guess hosted Blade the TV series, and uh, it wasn't just kind of a continuation. It also had David S. Goyer, the writer, and one of the directors from Blade Trinity. He was kind of in charge of this TV series. So it was uh, like, it was an official continuation of the movies with cre- creative involvement, like the pilot, which is the thing that we watch. Uh, parts one and two, the first two episodes, were written by David S. Goyer and another mover and shaker in the comic book industry, Jeff Johns. Uh, Jeff Johns uh, was the chief creative officer of DC Entertainment uh, from 2016 to 2018, and also just Whoa. a comic book person in general. Uh, I think the thing that I'm most famous I, I know him most for is kind of bringing Green Lantern back and making him cool. But Jeff Johns is a huge mover and shaker. Not the Ryan Reynolds. I was going to ask that. I don't, that one? Uh, the comics. Hold on, my alarm's going off. Uh, it's 221, which usually was... means that I go to hug Heidi. Oh, go hug she's Heidi. Go hug Heidi. Go, well, while, while Kenny hugs Heidi, we'll talk about Green Lantern. Because uh, I love Ryan Reynolds, who was in Blade Trinity. And that's, it, that's how we met Blake Lively, by the way. Oh, really? Green Lantern? Yeah, Green Lantern. They're in that, they're in that movie together. And she's brunette in that movie. So huh. that's what he got out of that movie, was a yeah. relationship. You know what? It was worth it. Yeah. Like, it was worth, you know what? A, a fun marriage? Yeah. Yeah. What? He, he, it gets that. a lot I'll of shit, a but I mean, it's... A good marriage? Yeah. 
All right, so I'm back. Again, they probably shouldn't have gotten married on a plantation. No, yeah. that, again, that is, uh, yeah, bringing up from last episode, uh, don't don't get married on a plantation. That, it's, not no. uh, it's not it's not cute. It's not good. Mm-mm. No, no, it's bad. Racism's bad. We take a hard stand against racism on yeah. Shamewatch. Uh, surprise, surprise. Racism and that's why I think don't be a racist uh, asshole. As we've uh, established in the past. Uh, the catchphrase, the tagline, if you're ever describing Shamewatch to any of your friends, you want to say that we're against racism and then use the hashtag, if you're plugging Shamewatch, hashtag all lives matter. Because we here at Shamewatch no. think that all lives matter. Why are you... Gross. What? Kenny. Kenny. What? Kenny. What? We no. think that all lives matter here. We're against racism. We need to elevate black... No one knows you're joking. There's what? No we need to elevate black voices, uh, BIPOC uh, people. Uh, just elevate those things. Hashtag all lives matter. By, by the way, I'm just gonna let it sit. Y- y- yeah. So you want to tweet that to as many people? Uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head: Michael Savage, Neil Cavuto, uh, Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro. You name it. Get the word out <laughs> at Shame Watch Pod. Tweet to them at Shame Watch Pod. Hashtag All Lives Matter. Big voices. We're going to get the wrong kind of All sponsor. lives matter. We need to tell these conservative viewpoints. We need to tell these conservative knuckleheads that we think that hashtag all lives matter. So tweet that to them. Tweet at POTUS. Hashtag all lives matter. Because quite frankly, I'm sick of racism. Oh, this is a long bit. <laughs> it's not a... It, it's a bit that no one will get. Because Kenny, no one knows Kenny's actual viewpoints outside of us. No one has context. They'll just think that he actually yes, believes Kenny. Can we get some context to this bit? Uh, certainly. In a review of me from my mother titled, I Think I Made a Mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's self-deprecation. That's breaking rule three. Yeah, I've already got it on the docket to pay 30 bucks. <laughs> but Oh, man. Yeah, so but it was funny, so I, I think... I, yeah. No, no. Look, if there's one thing that people haven't understood after listening to like 90-something episodes of this podcast is that, yeah, I'm definitely a conservative dude. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 1,000%. This could be someone's first episode, Kenny. Someone scrolling, I'm like, ah, finally, I've joined podcasts. Now, what should I listen? I know. I love Blade the Series. I wonder if there's any podcast episodes about Blade <laughs> the Series. That, that person could Yeah, exist. we're getting that sweet SEO for people that search on podcasts about Blade the Series. Uh, but anyways, to go back to the development context of this darn thing. David Esquire, uh, this is, oh gosh darn it, when is this? David Esquire was a mover and a shaker. The Blade Trinity had, uh, Blade series had performed fairly well. Uh, this show ran from June to September of 2006, premiering in June of 2006. He, uh, Batman Begins, for context, had come out in 2005. Uh, David S. Goyer's star was on the rise uh, even more, and so he <laughs> helps develop and writes the pilot for this show and I think still is involved with the show, basically from its entire short run. Along with Jeff Johns, kind of two heavy hitters in the comic book realm, to make this TV show. Uh, And here is what critics thought of it. Uh, From a review, 
here's where I add the context proper for the show because someone need to understand why this might be a guilty pleasure. And we it, call it the context. That's correct. Context. Oh, nice. Aaron, isolate that and play that every time. Uh, that was good, yeah. We- <laughs> interview. Don't need to say that like that ever again. Interview titled Blade Takes Being a Series Very, Very Seriously by Matthew Gilbert of the Boston Globe staff. Published June 28, 2006. Someone on a mix a shot of liquid Prozac into Blade's magical serum. As played by Kirk Sticky Fingers Jones in the series based on the Blade movies, he is one very depressed human-vampire hybrid. Blade the series, which premieres tonight at 10 on Spike, is too dreary and weary for its own good. The drama tonight involves Chris Star, played by Jill Wagner, who is drawn into the vampire wars as she investigates the mother of her brother. She falls into the nefarious House of Cathan, which supplies bodies, blood, and safe houses for the local living dead community. Its leader, Marcus Van Skyver, Neil Jackson, is a slimy Brit who's always one step ahead of his enemies. He looks boyish. Jackson has a Neil Patrick Harris quality about him, but he's 100% nasty. He's all bite. As Spike's first scripted series, Blade the series is inauspicious. Until the plot finally begins to turn on Krista's fate, the show is just draining. Once she must decide whether to side with Van Skyver or Blade, the drama comes out of its super a bit. The gloomy sets, this Detroit looks like an annex of hell, becomes less oppressive, and Van Skyver becomes cheerier about achieving his evil ends. Unlike our beleaguered hero, Van Skyver appears to be having fun. That's the review of Blade, the series. All right, first off, I'm totally on board for this series. No joke. I'm getting ready to watch the. Oh, really? Because ah, it's great. I I'm in love with it. It's exactly what I love about Blade. And it's gloomy. It's snarky, and it's serious. And, and in all honesty, that makes sense because if I think this was on the CW, I think it might have fared a little bit better. And we yeah. all know oh, yeah. James is a big fan of CW shows. I love Supernatural. Yeah. I am on season 10 right now. Uh, I just got the the one I watched last night was the musical episode, Fan Fiction, season 10. I think it's episode 4. Uh, I'm, om- I'm almost there. I'm almost at season 15. Yeah, so I think there could have been some longevity if it had the right time and if it was on the right network. Sure. I, I, this was doomed to fail with Spike. I Oh, for sure. Because, like, Buffy had ended two or three years before this and that was a fox show and like that was uh not as gloomy as this but at times like they got super dark uh so like it could have worked outside of spike spike you destroyed this tv show and for that i will never forgive you that's all i got and yeah it's pretty on brand because we watched it on tubi and (laughs) which is on free right now um but I didn't even know Tubi was a thing. Tubi is great. You can watch all all a you can watch a bunch of series on there uh, and just random movies. And also, it's also nice too because it's pretty easy to put your work on there as a filmmaker, so you get a little bit more national exposure. Well, we support um, platforms that allow that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but this. <laughs> Uh, what, what's kind of funny with it is the reason I hated Spike as a kid is because the shows were so, so short and it was so commercial heavy. 
Because I was like, oh, wow, I guess this is only about a 30-minute show. No, it's about 42 to 45 minutes. It's just that there were so many damn commercials yeah. that when you watch it without, you know, through a streaming service, you're like, oh, wow, I guess this was just an elongated 30-minute show. No, this was an hour slot. It's just there was too many commercials. Yeah. But, uh... So right off the bat, I will admit, I did not like the introduction of Blade. I thought it was a little lackluster. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I thought it was a little... He's not a hisser, man. Blade's not the hissing kind of vampire. So when he hissed, oh. I was like, I'm out. I mean, this isn't, like, this isn't the Wesley Snipes version of Blade. Even though, according no. to IMDb, Wesley Snipes was offered the role of Blade in this TV show, and I think, the, according to IMDb, so take that with a grain of salt, but uh, apparently he just didn't take it because he was engaged in a lawsuit with New Line Cinema over, I think, profit distribution from the Blade series. Oh. <laughs> that makes sense why he so didn't got, take it. Was this uh, around the same time as his like tax evasion stuff? Great question, because that is an important part of the Wesley Snipes story that we really haven't touched on, the fact that he went to, I think, uh, he went to prison for tax evasion. I didn't know that. Yeah, not a long pay, time. Pay your taxes. Yeah, pay your taxes. Uh, that might be the fifth. Snipes was charged <laughs> with six counts of willfully failing to file federal income tax returns by their filing Ooh. date. Uh, bro, six counts is a lot. That's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you know, maybe one count. You know, yeah, that's we'll let that slide. But six? I think Nicolas Cage had a long, long count too. He was looking at like eight or oh. six or eight years, I think. Wow, uh, Wesley Nick Cage is—he's a wild dude. Oh, Wesley Snipes is Wesley Snipes and Nick Cage ever in the I'm, same movie? They've got to be. Wesley they probably have. He was. They were we supposed to be. Blade we and Ghost Rider were supposed yeah. to come together. Oh, oh my god, that would have been a beautiful. Real? That that was like the hope and dream until they did they pulled the plug sure. and started fresh with Iron Man. Oh man, I I remember seeing oh. Ghost Rider too in theaters with my dad. The first one was good. Yeah, I don't remember the second one. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're movies. About right. They're movies. They're movies. <laughs> ah, first one's first one's great though. I always rate uh, Nick Cage movies on a different standard based on Nick Cage himself. That's true. We'll have to we'll have to you know add more commentaries on this for Patreon, which you again can subscribe oh. for as low as two dollars a month. Uh, Jared and I will gladly bring back Trapped in a Cage for Trapped in uh, a Cage Tuesdays. <laughs> Just trying to think of a day of the week. <laughs> oh, don't don't tease me. Like that. <laughs> I've been wanting to for so long. But anyway, so Kenny, so this was originally offered to Wesley Snipes, and he said no. Yep. And then, uh, according to Wikipedia, he actually served uh, in prison for three years, which I did not know, for tax what? evasion. Which oh, I thought it was like one to two years. I didn't realize it was three. According to hey. Wikipedia. But I can just look again. That's fine. It's fine. I can do that. Whoa, that's insane. Nope. I mean, that sounds right for six counts. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Or takes, that's a lot. Especially when you threats. have. I, I feel like Wesley Snipes has a lot of money. Can we all agree? I mean, yeah, but so did Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage had dinosaur eggs that he had to sell in Listen, order Nick, for him Nick to get Cage. out of. 
uh, Nick Cage is just an enigma. <laughs> And I, uh, he, his work ethic or desperation, I'm not sure which, is truly inspiring. Because he's done uh, nine, no, I think it's 120 films. Uh, it seems that Nicolas Cage also uh, was guilty of tax evasion, but unlike Wesley Snipes, he only had to pay, wow, this is a very Nicolas Cage number, $666,000. Uh, to settle those charges. Uh, so Wesley Snipes uh, gets to go to prison for three years, and Nicholas Cage just has to pay a fine. What's the difference, I just audience? Don't think there's any difference whatsoever. It's just there's nothing problematic with that at all, even though Wesley Snipes has kind of had his God, career completely blackballed. Uh, so and bad. he was kind of made into a joke because he did something that lots of corporate America probably does every single day. Anyways, it's fine. This is fine. It's fine. We're talking about Blade the Series, what's Olivia. The, what's the difference, Olivia? Audience? What did you think of Blade the Series? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, now that I'm like fully invested into the Blade trilogy, the trilogy sure. as I call it. Um, of course, I watched this like when the sun was still out, just in case. You know, that's what I've been. What how I've been watching all the other films. Sure, sure. But but then you know it became evening, and then evening became nightfall. And actually, I I really, I thought it was interesting. At first, it was kind of a little slow, because you see this guy named Zack Star get shot, and you want to know why. You're like, why is this guy so important? And then we meet Krista Star, mm-hmm. who is his sister, and she wants to know what's going on. And um, and at the end of the pilot, we find out more or less what Zack's role is in the blade universe kind of an idea um obviously when i was watching this i was i was messaging the guys because uh krista krista basically had one job after she like meets blade she's basically supposed to go and and bring a transponder which is like a little tracking device to uh he she was trying to find some way to place it on marcus van skyver who's having this fancy event and she can't do that because then this side chick named Chase, you know, <laughs> Van Skyver's like lady in waiting, basically like cock blocks her. And so she's not allowed to do that. And then, you know, she just kind of stumbles and makes all these mistakes. And basically, Marcus turns her into a vampire. And I do have to say, though, that her outfits were fire. And um, I would definitely like I I could see myself like, yeah, flaunting those outfits. So I felt so bad for that. She made some really dumb decisions. uh, You know, it came at least there was some the good thing that came out of it was she didn't die right away. I mean, she did die, but like she wasn't like eternally like totally dead. And then she got a great wardrobe out of it. She did. Yeah, and and she, she and she also has the universal struggle of the thirst being real, which as the lioness, I will have to say this is very true, especially in quarantine. Yeah. You have, uh, I well, I will second. That. You have a very Krista Star vibe about you, Olivia. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I would I would make dumb decisions and and somehow end up being a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I. See, like here, I'm all. I'm still all for this. This is Galilee ingredients for me. I, I liked it. I, I I liked it at the end of this after the second episode because the pilot's broken up into two episodes. 
Mm-hmm. I there was similar to Buffy, right? So there was a part of me that was like, I might end up watching the rest of it. Oh, I definitely am. What about y'all? I think if you like the movies, the TV show is at the exact same uh, quality in terms of storytelling. Whatever you think that is, um, <laughs> I, that was a very political it, answer. It, it feels correct. Personally, it didn't. I I thought it was quite dull. Uh, which I'm already giving 30 bucks uh, here. But I also think that the quality is consistent with the movies. Um, the thing that I was irritated the most with is that this is not a TV show starring Blade. The At least we watched the pilot. Uh, and this was about a white woman. And Blade was the side character in his own TV show, which sucks. There's no reason why he couldn't be doing the exact same things outside of, I guess, needing to be secret. But this would be like sidelining Buffy the Vampire Slayer to just be specifically about Xander, which is so strange. They do that in one episode and it's one of my favorite episodes. Of course it is, because Xander is awesome, yeah. except in real life. So Anyways. Yeah, except in series is what you're saying. Yeah, B- B- Blade. I don't know if you know this. It, Blade is the series. Yes. But the show is really about Krista Starr. She's the one that goes on a journey over the pilot, and Blade remains a static yeah, character, which is fine. Uh, that you can have your you could have your protagonist remain static while the world changes around them. But this is an example of a black protagonist just being sidelined in his own story by a, a lady who's not well, a white lady, and it's not great. I don't, I don't like that. Also, according to just putting together the notes for this episode, and Aaron, because you've read Blade comic books, yes, yes. What? Y- yes, yes, I have. Uh, uh, perhaps you can confirm this. Apparently, Blade is a chatty Cathy in the books. Uh, the description that I saw was that he was loquacious, as opposed to the Wesley Snipes and, I guess, Sticky Fingers interpretation, uh, which is just kind of a stone-cold, silent grunter that is good with martial arts. Yeah, in the uh, <clears throat> he was very much along the lines of every other comic book hero, which... You know, villain delivers line, <clears throat> uh, hero delivers monologue, and you know, it was it was a little more like yeah, it was a lot more charming and colorful and and everything like that. Because if you look at Blade when it was originally created for Monster House, it was he was in a, like a neon green jacket, a yellow tool belt with spikes on it. Um, I think they gave him an afro, um, and like he had like big stomping boots and stuff like that, and he was kind of like you know, kind of slick with his words, and he was kind of like you know, del- color- colorful in his delivery, and I think for Goyer they turned it into the more uh, docile, grunting. Um, I'm gonna speak with my fists and my kicks, and w- which yeah. and I totally agree with you, Kenny. It's not a Blade show, which is weird when I when I finished the first episode and David S. Goyer pops up and I was like, how? How did he be okay with any of this? <laughs> well, I mean, just think back to the first movie again where it's, even though it's the Blade movie, it's still about uh, Nebuchadnezzar Wright's True. character. 
boo. R.I.P. Uh, for the listener, Olivia is crying right now. She just remembered yeah. her boo. Um, but it's this TV show is taking a page out of uh, that first movie and making the main story about someone else and letting their character be affected as opposed to I don't know something for for lack of an, another analogy but the first thing that comes to my mind is Captain America the Winter Soldier where that character does not necessarily change the world around them changes which still it gives you the semblance of character growth but at the same but still remaining true to the principles and ideals of that character. It gives you the illusion of story progress by having something change. But also since the TV show changes a lot more difficult because especially back in 2005, 2006, needed to kind of preserve the status quo by the end of the episode. Uh, even though this was a pilot, you can change the status quo in a pilot, but sustaining the darn thing, you got to make sure that there's tiny incremental growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blade this year. Yeah, and I I think had this come out two or three years later when like Vampire Diaries and True Blood when that was all hitting everywhere I think it could have had a little because it was about more of the Cthulhu clan or whatever it was called and Cthulhu. It's the House of Cthulhu. The, the House of of, of Thongs. Cthulhu clan. Cthulhu. It's Cthulhu. It's different than Cthulhu. Cthulhu. It, and it's different from uh, was that game Settlers of Catan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like there's just stuff that like sounds similar. I mean, yeah, the House of Catan. Their nefarious plot was to harvest bodies to trade for. Wheat. <laughs> yeah, that's the subtext of the game. Yeah. Exactly. But, but yeah, so like it very much could have been alive and well, you know, I think if this was on the CW in 2008, I think it would have tracked well if Sticky Fingers was different. It was not Blade. I, I did not like Sticky as Blade. I thought he was fine. I just, he just wasn't given that much to do. I Okay. I, Except kick and brood and be just... <laughs> be just a, a figure of physicality I kind of feel like a kid who saw Santa get dressed at the mall <laughs> so when I saw him sit in the chair I'm like you're not Santa and he's like no tell me what you want for Christmas I'm like you're not Santa I'm not talking to you even though I'm really excited for Mahershala Ali cause I guess he kind of fits for he fits Blade for me but but with this one, I was like, you, you you smell like lies. Like I I just you know I, I felt like elf. Smell like lies. Like I, I couldn't. You know I think he would have. I mean I'm not not discrediting Sticky Fingers' performance as Blade, but I think would be and I liked Shen very much. So as like the Whistler sidekick, but yeah. I think you could even make the argument that he that Sticky Fingers would have been a great Whistler. You know, just like. Dude, I told you not to, you know, like, told you not to, to go in too soon or like, or just like, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of making your new serum or just like, oh, why do I have to do everything myself? Um, just helping Blade with his own shit. But that's, um, that's not what the series is. But uh, yeah. it, it, I think it would have been interesting to see that. I, I do have a question, though. Uh, does this happen like 
time frame wise, like in the show, is it supposed to take place hypothetically like after Blade Trinity? Because I I know that they made reference to the inhaler that Summerfield. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it happens like directly after. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly it, James. I was watching. Uh, I I like that it takes place in Detroit. Yes, I, I think something that's super super duper smart about this show is that the main villain is a gentrifier, mm-hmm. which I don't think the show is necessarily smart enough to know. Uh, but like the main villain is a rich white vampire who's like, I need to save Detroit. I want to make sure that uh, we have uh, we we can look back on this city and make sure that we, it's something to be proud of. And that, geez, right now in the midst of all this, that is so refreshing. And it would be even better if. Blade was the person that was fighting Marcus Van Skyver, the gentrifier. <laughs> uh, but instead, yeah, it was totally gives off that vibe. Oh, oh for sure. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a really smart thing that, at least on the pilot, is not followed up on again. Maybe if you watch the series, it comes up again. I, I say that as if knowing I don't, but uh, I'll let you know. I- yeah, it just turns into the wire starting in episode three, and they're like, "But here's how vampires affect everyone." Because <laughs> in Blade, the city is the character. Whoa, um, it, it had Chuck Liddell. In, in case anybody was wondering if if this was a Spike TV show, Chuck Liddell was uh, a UFC. Oh yeah, <laughs> the he? UFC fighter. He, he's he's the he's a UFC fighter. He's got the buzz cut mullet. Oh. Um, he's been in a couple other films, I think, but he's, if, I mean, not to give credit or anything, and I don't follow it too much, but if I'm not mistaken, he's kind of the reason that UFC became kind of popularized and Spike had like a strange relationship with the UFC. They had a a reality TV show on Spike through the UFC and Chuck Liddell always did promotions through Spike. So he well also didn't he didn't he have that show where he would beat up bullies? No, that was on MTV. Uh, uh, Bully beatdown, yeah, okay. that one that one's Bully beatdown, close, yeah. but yeah, but he also I think he did have I think he had like a home a home show like a home decoration or home renovation show. I think I don't know why that's coming to my mind, um, but yeah, he and he plays the uh, he stars as the tattooer, the tattoo artist f- that Blade beats up. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, now I know it's a Spike TV show because Chuck Liddell's in it. Nice. I didn't know that. Some fun fun trivia. Yeah. And and that CG was awful, even for a television show. I mean, you instantly know that there's less money because they use Impact as the opening font of the TV show, which is shocking. (laughs) Uh, shout out to the typeface uh, impact. I'm surprised it wasn't Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> We're wacky. This is based they're, off a of comic. <laughs> they're, they're cousins of each other. Impact <laughs> and Comic Sans are definitely comic <laughs> c- c- cousins of each other. Uh, speaking of comic and impact, let's uh, see what the impact of the comedy of this show will be by playing the Rotten Tomatoes game. That, that was a, that was a that deep dig, out. but I liked it. Yeah, I think I nailed it. 
the Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film or TV review aggregator that takes all submitted reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a TV show is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film or TV show is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. I'm going to be asking our panelists to give me just the critical score for Blink the Series because we do not have an audience score for this Whoa. at all. <laughs> is that a first time? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so either. I think we've done... Wasn't it the before trilogy? Oh no, no, we did we did a different version of the game where we talked about how many negative reviews yeah. you had. I think we've oh, done yeah. we've done a an iteration of of this game though where I think we only provided one score. Correct me. God, I love the before trilogy. So good. So good. Check out it, that episode on Patreon for as low as two dollars a month. I mean it's before sunrise episode. is the only good one. Before Midnight's fine. I love Before Sunset. That's Aaron saw me like pretty much like <laughs> on the verge of like tearing up. Yeah, I got into my car <laughs> and then so... teared up the whole, on, on the way to a show. So <laughs> I didn't tear up because I'm dead in sun. So good. Uh, I'm so sad that I missed that marathon, uh, especially now. Uh, out of eighteen critical reviews, uh, starting with. Uh, Mr. Fight, uh, what do you think the critical approval rating is for Blade the series? 18? 18. Oh, man. I'll, uh, I'll say I'll say 65 is coming to mind. So I'm going with my 65%. gut. 65%. Why 65%? You know, that's just what my body and soul is telling me. So I got to listen. Uh, speaking of body and soul, Aaron the Body Salinas, uh, what do you think the score I is? I like that, Kenny. Um, Blade the series? I, I'm probably the negative Nelly for this episode, but I'm going to say 48. 48%. Uh, negative Nelly? Why? I, didn't, why? I, didn't, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly feel very childish, you know, just like, just like, you, you're not my blade. You're not. <laughs> you know, to be fair, you smell like lies. You have, yeah. you have such a connection with Blade, the character. And, yeah. And. <laughs> Yeah. Listeners who have listened to the last few episodes of us covering this trilogy could definitely see that. So it's totally understandable. Yeah, like I yeah. like like I saw the cover for this on Tubi. I knew Wesley Snipes was not in it. The second I saw him on that motorcycle try to act like Blade, I I vocally said, You're not Blade. Like <laughs> like 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 a like a child in a mall. Trying to ruin everyone's fun when they when they see Santa, I was not. But the the story could have vibed. I just I just was blinded. Can I can I can I do my what I think how you sounded in that moment? Yeah, by all means. Granted. Can can I? Granted. Okay. By all means. Okay. Oh come on! You're not Blade. Right on the money. That's. <laughs> I even raised really? my arms up too. I was like, "You're not Blade," like, <laughs> and that's because I knew it wasn't. I knew Sticky Fingers was, was playing Blade. I knew the entire time, and I I had to give, I had to let everyone know that this was not Blade. Uh. 
Uh, but perhaps Olivia thinks that critics said differently. Olivia, the Sol Suarez, uh, what do you think the critical approval rating is for Blade? Shouldn't you say like Olivia, the lioness who slaps Suarez, or I don't know? He was vibing off yeah, body was... and soul, and I think I that mean, sounded I... really cool. That's... I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. I was gonna say I'm a lioness who slaps, well, me... and I'm a lioness who slaps. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had to make a joke there. Um, so back to the critical score. I'm going to say 59%. So I'm going to say like, I say that because I think it deserves a little bit more than halfway, but I think it just wasn't like Aaron said, it just wasn't enough to, uh, meet the expectations of what fans of the, the trilogy were expecting. Certainly. Uh, well, uh, Olivia Lioness Suarez, uh, looks like this lioness can sleep soundly tonight because you are the winner of the Rotten oh, Tomatoes damn. game. Nice. Really? The correct answer is 50%. Smack damn down the middle. So nine people liked it and nine people did not like it. <laughs> Certainly yeah. sounds that way, yes. And as per always, uh, anyone that comes under whatever the critical approval rating is, must donate $30 to the charity of the choice of the winner. Uh, looking at it, I guess it's Aaron. 2%. Oh, wow, Aaron. 2%. Aaron. That- wow, you actually were the only one that went under by 2%. Uh, so Olivia gets to say what charity you'll be donating to. That's that's very nice of you, Aaron. That is, Good job, that Aaron. is nice, Aaron. Um, well, we've got a lot of really great nonprofit organizations um, that fight racial injustice on our link in bio. So any one of those would be acceptable. I'm going to put in the comments, he's not blade. And I'm going to confuse everybody who receives that donation. (laughs) (laughs) He's not. Thank you, Aaron. He's not blade. Selena. (laughs) I refuse to provide any context to those organizations. (laughs) Uh, this is a good time to announce Aaron's nonprofit organization. He's not blamed. <laughs> uh, it's an organization dedicated to the uh, preservation of to, to, to fight off uh, the like, yeah, just to fight off like fake uh, takes of copyrighted characters. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, I I, I think. I think the Whistler character was fine. I think all in all, I just, it just, eh. I, I know what I like, you yeah, know, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's a fine show. Yeah, it, it, it passed. And I, and I honestly think this could have had a good six year run if it was in the right network at the right year. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like if it was on HBO, it would also pop. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger budget. I mean, true. Which which one was on on HBO? Was it True Bloods? Yeah, 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 yeah. And my parents love love that show. That's odd. Is it? I think so. Oh, don't your parents also like I, Big I, Bang Theory? Yeah, yeah. And Dexter, and Judge Judy, and remember the show Cops? That problematic show where they just filmed cops. Yeah, that's canceled. Yeah, yeah they Yeah, I know. My parents are very sad about it. Oh god. <laughs> Live PD is also canceled as well. Think rightfully so. Yeah. For now. Yeah, let's stop glorifying cops. Yeah. 
Like, let's just stop. <laughs> anyway, that's so been our episode of Shame Watch. Episode. Thank you to Denise Hudson for her rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at ShameWashPod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this very pod, so even a $1 donation can, can make a huge difference. Uh, hey, Olivia. Yes. What's our $10 level? Our $10 level is the highest tier that we offer on Patreon. You basically get everything in the lower tier levels, which includes the movie marathon episodes, Shame Watch TV, the commentary episodes. You get behind the scenes uh, clips, so you get to hear more about the biffs and baths that we uh, talk about before the start of the show. At the $10 level exclusively, you get amazing feet pics brought to you by Mr. Aaron Body and Soul Salinas. <laughs> you also get a personalized haiku, which is amazing because we all need to express ourselves through poetry, through the written word as well. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a tier you don't want to miss out on. Uh, Aaron, what does a $7 level get someone? Yeah, uh, at rem- our uh, level known as Remorseful, you get special behind the scenes that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, you can contribute and help pick out our next movie marathon, which right now is on a hiatus. We might just turn that into you get to pick our commentary that one of us gets to pick. And you get the uh, previously mentioned show perks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, what's $5 get you? At the $5 level, you get everything at the $2 level along with Yummy Bits, where you get to listen to exclusive pre-show talk. <laughs> That's... That's exactly right. And, and the one that we have longer. for this episode was quite interesting. So you don't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I the last two have been, I think, pretty good. Yes. I'll, uh, just a hint for this for this week's bips and baths lotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That's um. Christ. So at the two dollar level, you get uh, access to Shame Watch TV, our marathon episodes, and our commentary episodes. And you get to hear your name on this very podcast, which I'm about to do now, starting with Kenny Madison of Austin, Texas, Aaron O'Salinas of Austin, Texas, Gene Fight of Bowling Green, Ohio, Alan Smith of Tulsa. Okay. Oh, wait, no, Leander, Texas. No. There you go. Come on. I usually get into Uh, a rhythm and then I just got spaced. You got thrown off. Uh, Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa. Okay. There it is. Uh, Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. Of San Marcos, Texas. Irene Suarez. Of San Antonio, Texas. And Nolan Barger. Of Austin, Texas. Until next time. Wait, 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 James, wait. We haven't even talked about the fact that Randy Quaid. Ah! Until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk.
Like, Randy Quaid's in this, and he's, like, the the vampire expert. Like, Randy Quaid's in this, and I genuinely didn't know because he sounded, uh, for lack of being polite, he sounded lucid. I mean, we Randy, ended the episode. Randy Quaid, I, I like, Dennis Quaid's brother? Yeah. Aww. Uh, pilot that helps defeat the aliens in Independence Day. Nice. <laughs> Spoilers. We're going to watch that soon. And by we, I mean me and my roommates. Good. I fly. I'm pilot. That's one of his lines. Say.